Hey everyone, welcome to the Last Night Shift podcast. I'm Russell Rowley, the host and the owner. And uh, I was a police officer for 22 years and worked a lot of different cases, a lot of different areas of, in the department and a couple different departments, a couple agencies. And got a lot of really fun stories that I like to talk about, like to pass on. And so. I just want to kind of start with the beginning and catch you up. We'll get into the good stories as we go. But uh, I just want to give you a little background on who I am, how I got here, how we all got here. So I grew up in a in a small town in uh, just a little kind of a hick town, really. And I was one of those kids that just grew up not really knowing what I wanted to be. You know, for a while I wanted to be like an astronaut or something baseball player, none of that worked out. Um, and at the end of high school, I took some tests to figure out, okay, what do you, what do you want to do when you go to college? And uh, I just, I wasn't one of these guys that, that, that had a, a set plan in life. I was the oldest of four kids. Uh, had a lot of responsibilities growing up, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but uh, but I didn't come from a family that had a lot of respect for police officers. It wasn't that they disrespected. We just didn't. We just it wasn't very pro police type family. That's about that's about how I'll explain it. Um. Anyway, so uh, right when I graduated high school, um, I got really lucky and applied for a scholarship to a local college. And lo and behold, I got a scholarship. So they they uh, paid for my college and and uh, tuition that kind of stuff. But then I had to try to figure out what I was going to be, what I, what kind of stuff I wanted to study. So took all these tests, and they came back and said, "Oh, you you should go into law. You should check. Uh, you should go do be a lawyer." And so, uh, you know, seemed pretty seemed like a good idea. Seemed like something that you can make a lot of money and. I don't know that I didn't have a, I didn't have a, a, a sense of direction. So I was just like, all right, I guess if that's what you're telling me, then that's what I'll do. So went to college, and a couple years later, you know, things are going good, and uh, I graduated as a paralegal, and I got out and I started working as a paralegal, and you know, it was a good job, but it just it just wasn't for me being in an office just wasn't for me that's just that's about the only way i can explain it just working sitting in a chair all day every day that's it's just not it wasn't my gig um now at college the classes that i took that involved criminal justice they all were amazing I had some really good instructors but all the classes were just like everything made sense if this happens, then this happens. If this is this, then this is that. If you steal a car, you steal a car. If you steal this, if it's if it's this value, it's that. It, it, it's this charge. Yeah, everything just made sense to me, and you know it was much better than like some of the classes where you're talking about tort law and you know some of these other different types of law, legal stuff that just honestly had no I had no interest like maybe uh maybe attorneys are making money doing it but sure wasn't didn't seem interesting to me so anyway I graduated worked as a paralegal for I don't know maybe a year or so 
But I kept thinking about all those criminal justice classes, all the cool stories that all those teachers had. And I kept looking back on that thinking, maybe that's what I ought to do. Maybe I ought to, maybe I ought to go to the police academy. Maybe I ought to, maybe I ought to become a police officer. So I went back to, uh, went back to my, the, the main instructor that I had. And, um, and I talked to him for a few minutes, and I said, what do you think about this? And he says, oh, I think it's a terrible idea. He said, I was, I was a police officer for a long time, and uh, all it does is uh, mess up your back and give you hemorrhoids. I remember him saying that, and I was kind of thinking, uh, all right, well, I, I guess if that's as bad as it is, the stories are still pretty cool, you know, I could probably take that. But long story short, like he, he was a judge at the time that I talked to him and his advice to me was just just don't do it. Just it's not it's not it's not a good job. And, um, you know, he'd been through the police officer thing and obviously worked his way up. He decided to become a lawyer and then become a, a judge. But um, against his advice. Probably against his better advice. Right. I uh, I just decided to go and put myself through the police academy. So at that time, um, the only way to get in the academy was to pay for yourself. There, was, there were no police departments that were in dire need of police officers. There was definitely way more, uh, way more gradu- academy graduates out there than there were spots to be filled. Um, at that time, to become a police officer, like you, you had to, to kind of get lucky. Um, there are a lot of agencies that would open up one or two positions and they may have like a hundred guys apply and, you know, I didn't, I didn't really care. I just, I, I figured I'd go against all odds, give it my best shot. I just, I knew it was going to be something that I enjoyed. And even though, you know, growing up, never, never had that strong desire to become a police officer, never had, uh, desire not to it just uh just at one point after college you know it just hit me and I just decided that was the thing I was going to do and um so I put myself through the academy there's a couple reasons like you know I had never uh really had a police officer that I respected or I never met a police officer that I felt like went out of his way to to be a good guy I saw uh you know, a lot of bad things. I didn't see any, like, what I would say, like, corruption or anything, but I just saw a lot of things that, you know, I didn't see officers treating people very well. I just didn't have a lot of high hopes that that there was any good police officers out there. And so I just kind of got in my head that I just wanted to prove that there could be one good police officer in the world, and I was going to give it a shot. So... Yeah, I went to the academy, made all kinds of good friends there. Uh, later on in, in this podcast and future episodes, um, I'll definitely talk about some of those guys because I have lifelong friends from the academy. And many of the guys that I went to the academy with are still, well, they're not now. It's still, There's a few guys still left in on the force. But um, for the most part, most of the guys – you know they 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 made it their twenty years and and I, it, it was just it was it was awesome because it was a really successful police academy class I, I believe 
So when I graduated, like I say, you know, I started looking around and all the agencies that were hiring just man, it was it was just an amazing process to get hired. They you know, you have to go, you have to submit an application, you have to do practicals, you have to do, you know, run around the track, shoot, jump, run, push ups, sit ups, all that. And um there were so many people that would show up to these tests. And um I just I honestly I got out of the academy, I really didn't have a lot of confidence. I didn't think I was going to be able to beat out 95 guys, and I really didn't know what I brought to the table. The The best thing I had, actually, was just that college degree. So I had that kind of on my side. I think that made me feel a little bit better. But um, what I did is uh, one of the guys from the academy, maybe a couple of the guys from the academy, got hired at a local, at a local college on their police department. It was just kind of a small department, two or three guy full-time with a chief. And then they just had all these reserves that they'd have that they brought in for like eight bucks an hour to work just a couple of shifts a week or a couple of shifts, you know, a month or whatever. But that's how they, that's how they staffed their police department. So I went in and uh, met with the chief of the local college there and he didn't seem like he was all that interested. And there, there was nothing saying that he was hiring, but it was one of those things that I was like, I'll just go, I'll just go do this and give it a shot. And, you know, that he's hired other young guys, so maybe I'll have a chance. And um, anyway, I talked to him for a few minutes, and it didn't seem like he was very interested. But then about a week later, he called me back, and he offered me this job. And he asked me if I wanted to work six days a week from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. as a police officer. And obviously, you know, that's my first job, right? That's my first gig. So, yeah, who'd turn that down? Four hours a night, six days a week, you know? I'd <laughs> I had, uh, had another job, too, that I'd have to keep going, but it was my first big opportunity to get in, into the police force and get some experience. So I worked there about six months doing that crazy schedule. But, you know, I learned a lot of things. And uh, I was always very aggressive, made a lot of arrests, like late at night. I could always find a good uh, good traffic stop, people driving on suspension, people with drugs, DUI, that kind of stuff. There wasn't a lot of stuff that came around campus, but I'd find a way to, to make it happen, you know. Like I'd, I'd drift off campus just a little bit or whatever. And uh, the one good thing is I got to know all the officers from the, the, the city department that was right next to the college, and um, they saw that I was doing a good job, and I asked a lot of good questions, and, and that I was, you know, hopefully, I, I feel like they, they saw that I, you know, probably could become a good police officer. So, anyway, when the opening finally came that that, that department um, was asking for applications, I believe there was... Uh, there was a, a federal grant that had just come through, and they were hiring five guys, which was amazing, right? Because it just opened the odds that much more. Um, but the problem is this department, they only hire, traditionally, they only hire um, 
officers with a great deal of experience. So I didn't feel like I had a good shot, but you know, I figured uh, I'll, I'll try it, I'll, I'll apply, I'll try to get the experience, that kind of thing. Um, but I was still kind of feeling like, I don't know if anything's gonna pan out. It's, it's, it's a real tough job to get into. It's a real hard to crack that, that door to get in, unless you know somebody or unless you have a lot of experience, obviously. Anyway, I, uh, I decided I was going to test, and then um, I kind of talked myself out of it, and it got right down to the very last day, and uh, I was going to go down, put my application, I had talked myself into it, talked myself out of it, I, you know, it was just one of those crazy things, I was young, and um, then another, another officer friend of mine that worked for the county, had, he had actually gotten in some trouble with, at the county. Um, made one of his sergeants mad or something like that. And so he was really frustrated with working as a county sheriff. So he said uh, he wanted to go apply at the city department and asked if I'd give him a ride down there, if I'd go with him or whatever. So I was like, okay. So like 10 minutes to five on the, the day that the application closes, I went down, scratched my name on the application. And honestly, didn't didn't even think twice, didn't think that I would uh, – have any opportunity to get hired some of the guys that were uh applying over there had tons of experience there were some guys that um were a little older than me a little more experienced had been reserving there working you know part-time and there's at least two guys i knew that were just uh, shoe-ins for the job and so i didn't think i didn't think i had a chance to be honest with you so Anyway, like I say, five to five, I filled out that application, and then lo and behold, you know, I show up on testing day, took all the written tests, actually did really, really well. But again, like I said, I had that background of the, 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 the law, the legal stuff, paralegal on my side, so I knew a lot of the answers that way. I knew a lot of the uh, local laws and ordinances because I'd been working at the college there and read the read the book. So, you know, it was it was interesting because I tested. Uh, Tested fairly high, and um, then I went through the oral interview, and this is something I just want to talk about because it's it's one of those things that, um, you know, it just happened to work out in my favor. So I walked into the uh, the oral interview, and I want to say there was like three captains and the chief. And at that time, the chief had just been promoted, so he was brand new. Um, and uh, so it, it was just interesting because, uh, you know, and he was one of these really intimidating guys, too. You know, no, it didn't show his emotions or anything like that, just real intimidating kind of guy. But um, I remember they started asking me questions, and one of the, one of the questions they asked me was, uh, well, they told me, um, Let's say you're out on patrol and you get a call of a of a house fire. You know the policy for this city is uh is uh you don't go into burning buildings ever. It's it's a it's a policy that you do not go into burning buildings. Well when you arrive there you're the first officer on scene. And you look upstairs, and there's two little kids hanging out the window. The only way you can save those kids is go into that burning building, knowing that you're violating policy. 
again, repeating, knowing that you're violating policy, what do you do? And, um, man, I took a deep breath and just thought real hard, like, okay, let me just think about this in the real world because I know what I, w- I, know what I would do, but what do they want to hear? And unfortunately, that's kind of the problem that they, they try to bait you into what saying what they want to hear instead of what you would really do. So I just told them flat out, I was like, uh, I think – I don't know if this is what you guys want to hear. Uh, I know I'm going to tell you right now in the interview, I would violate policy. Uh, the reason I'm becoming a police officer is because I want to save people. I want to help people. I want to be there to help people. And if I pull up and um, I see two people that I feel like are in danger, and if I have a realistic shot of trying to help them or save them, I'm going to go in that building. And so then, obviously, as soon as I do that, they, they change the scenario, okay? They, they told me, all right, as soon as you get in there, now you fell through the floor, and you're, you're, uh, you're going to die too, and, and uh, you're stuck, and now you're forcing other firemen to come in there to try to save you. What if other people die and that kind of thing? And I just didn't want to be persuaded. I just wanted to stick with my honest answer and and so I just replied. I was say, I just told them the biggest thing is uh, I wouldn't have gone in there if I didn't feel like I had a realistic shot of saving those kids. And there's no way I could live with myself if I don't. So, yeah, I hope nobody else got hurt. But I wouldn't have gone in there if I didn't feel like I had an opportunity to do that. And, um, you know, they, they all kind of sat back in their chair. And I wasn't sure exactly what that meant, to be honest with you. But uh, it is what it is, right? They uh, they called me a few days later and told me that I tested really high on the test. I was in the top whatever percent. And so at that point, they asked me to do a background check, and, and you know, I went and did that. They submit all your fingerprints and go and do all the – jump through all the hoops. And uh, – and you got to go take this mental health test, which literally it's like over 3,000 questions. And then you have to meet with a psychologist. They go through everything. And, uh, you know, they, they run you through the gauntlet to try to figure out where you're at mentally, if, it, if you're going to be able to hack it. And, you know, then I had to go do a polygraph test, which I'll be honest with you, like that, that's the most – intimidating thing I've ever done like I just I I hated it you know and it wasn't that I had anything to hide but it's just it's just intimidating it's the 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 way the guy that gave me the polygraph talked to me the way he acted it just it just I was very intimidating it just wasn't a a very good experience it almost that itself almost made me want to quit and and not pursue a career like really it was humiliating just because they try to make you feel like you've done something wrong. They try to make you nervous, and it, it was brutal. But anyway, obviously I passed it, and a few weeks later they called me for, for a final interview, and I went in, took the interview, and um, a couple days later I got a phone call asking if I wanted to come to work for that department. And I just remember how excited I was. It was about like 8 o'clock in the morning, maybe 8, 10 in the morning, and the phone rang. 
And um, I just remember talking to the, the captain, and he was asking me, how would you like to come work for our department? And uh, I was so ready. Like, I was ready right then. I, uh, I was just like, okay, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? How, where do I get a uniform? Where do I get a badge, gun, car? You know, <laughs> how do I do all these things? And um, he's like, calm down. We'll get you all taken care of. But, yeah, we'll have you come in on this day, this day, at this time. And so that's kind of how it all started. And uh, truth is, the, 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 the first day came to go to work. I, uh, I, was, uh, I was up and ready like an hour before. And I was, so I only lived about a mile from the department. But I didn't want to sh- arrive at the, the police department too early. But um, I didn't want them to show them. I didn't want them to think that I was like too anxious to get there. But then I didn't want to be late too, you know. So it was like that give and tell, give and give and take. And um, so the craziest thing was, I I figured I planned it out exactly right. And as soon as I started driving to the police department on my first day, like I hit the heaviest traffic that's ever <laughs> ever happened on that one mile patch of Center Street. And um, I showed up like two three minutes late for my first day of work. And the captain's just looking at me like. You got to be kidding me. You're late your first day of work. And I mean, I, there was nothing I could say other than I was late because I was excited. I wasn't late because I wasn't a good employee. I was just so excited. Anyway, we went and picked out uniforms and uh, made fun of how skinny I was at the time, which he was probably right. And, um, you know, it is what it is. Started my first, first, uh, shift shortly thereafter and uh my first fto field training officer is a fto um it's kind of interesting they i've always used it interchangeably the guy getting trained is a fto and then the guy doing the training is a fto but i i think it's just weird how I, I think i probably just had it all mixed up my whole career so the guy training you is the fto field training officer but um I guess uh, you can't really you can't really call it what it what it was when I was when I was there. They used to call the new guy the FNG, and uh, I guess I'll just let you know I, that meant, that means a freaking new guy. How's that? Um, so anyway, long story short, I guess uh, when I first started with my first FTO, he was uh, he was an older guy, and obviously. Uh, I guess I could just say it uh, a little past his prime. You know, he wasn't the most aggressive officer. He he knew all the uh, ins and outs, and he knew all the he knew the job, obviously. But man, he just didn't have uh, he didn't have the fire in his belly that I was hoping to get. And so the first several weeks were just like it was like you know it was it was tough because it, I, I wanted to go out and do more i wanted to do more i wanted to get learn more i wanted to get more involved i wanted to make my first arrest I wanted to, you know i wanted to do my first big case and man this guy just you know he was teaching me all the ins and outs of the department trust me there's a lot of policies and procedures there's so many things to hop through and uh so many different boxes to check to get through your field training progress but um man we got through all the stuff, but it just it wasn't like as exciting as I thought the job was going to be. 
And then my second FTO, field training officer, he was a very aggressive guy, and um, and it was good. Um, he got into a lot of stuff, and he showed me like the the real side of law enforcement. The only issue, like I just remember, man, he was really hard on me. Like he was really hard on me. And uh, to be honest with you, I know that he didn't think I should be. He didn't think I was going to make it. Like part of it, I think, was uh, the fact that, like I say, that department doesn't hire new officers very often. They never have. Like, they, they always hire guys with three, four, five years experience from other agencies. So I was literally the first new green guy that they've had. Like, literally, they just, you know, it just it just turned out with this new chief that that's how it was. So, you know, I wasn't the easiest guy to train because I didn't have all the answers like most of the guys that they'd hired before. Like, I had a lot of stupid questions, obviously. Um. But anyway, we got into a few good cases, and I can go into a couple of those, but it was just interesting because, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I specifically remember him talking to me, saying things that, like, I don't think, I don't know if this job's made for you, I don't know if you're made for this job, stuff like that, I don't know if you're going to make it, and, um, man, it was tough, it was really tough working with him, and, and uh, but, he taught me how to how to work hard. He taught me the right way to do things, and you know that's obviously what the most important thing was. And then uh, it just worked out that um, I caught on to everything, and everything started to work out. It was almost Christmas time, and the first FTO that I was supposed to go back to to finish up, he was going on vacation. The second FTO, he was going to the D.A.R.E. program, so he was going to be transferring to the to the schools where they teach the D.A.R.E. program. And so they came to me, and they asked me if, they, if I felt like I could uh, be all right out on my own a few weeks early. Like, I don't know if they'd do that anymore. I don't know how things are with politics and policies and procedures and lawsuits and everything else, but... Yeah, I mean, so they let me out early. I remember it was just before Christmas in 1997. And so, yeah, I worked on my own, and it, it was a blast. And, and once I kind of got on my own, that was when that was when I decided uh, that I wanted to be a really hard worker, that I, that I wanted to do things the right way for the right reasons. But if you remember... At one point, I felt like uh, the reason I wanted to become a police officer was uh, I wanted to do, I wanted to prove that I was, there was at least one good police officer in the world. And so I remember walking into briefing and walking in there in this old department. It, it, it was kind of run down at the time. And, and uh, there were all these wily old veterans and all these, these guys that were just like the best of the best. And uh, I remember looking around the table and just thinking how amazing it is to, to have the opportunity to be with these guys. And then as I start learning about these guys, as I started to figure out who they were, um, it dawned on me, it kind of hit me actually, like these guys are here for the same reason I am. Like they're here to prove that there's one good cop. You know, they all came here for the same reason I am. That's what it seemed like. Like, everybody was just there because 
They wanted to, to help the public. They really wanted to help people. It wasn't um, like in the movies or it wasn't like, you know, all these dominant guys that would just want to go shoot people and race cars and, you know, chase cars and all that kind of stuff. There were actually a room full of very, very kind and giving people. It was, it was pretty amazing, to be honest with you. Um, so that's how it started. That's how it all started. And then, uh, you know, the next thing you know, they started hiring some young guys, some other young guys. That chief decided that he didn't want to go the old route of hiring old men and guys with problems from other agencies. And um, it just kind of rolled from there. So I'll wrap it up right now for episode number one. I just wanted to give you a good background of where we're at. Um, I'll be posting this uh, podcast on all the major websites, obviously on all the major podcast sites, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, also, you can check me out on Facebook under Last Night Shift, or I have a Facebook account for Russell Rowley. And then I also own the website domain lastnightshift.com. And we'll get a, we'll get a uh, message board on there. And if you have any questions for me, if you want me to go into something online on the podcast, live on the podcast, then I'll go ahead and do that. Let me know. Um, and we'll go from there. I'll get this loaded and see how everything turns out. I'll get another episode up as soon as I can. Until, uh, until our next adventure, I'll talk to you later. Russell.